and running here on another episode of Just Another Sports Podcast. Certainly a lot going on, a lot to talk about. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith, Colin McGuire here with you. Speaking of off and running, you think you could run the 40-yard dash as fast now as you could when you were like 18 years old? Yes. I, I raised my brother not that not that long ago, and I was it was I mean it was a respectable time. So it was it was a time. It, it was a time. It was forty yards. Forty yeah. yards. Uh, What's I, your forty? Four four forty? No, I think it was in the high four nines. Probably. Well, when, and when was this? This was probably two or three years okay, ago. Okay, that's yeah. that's excellent. Yep. For an older gentleman. Yeah. Late thirties, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I was th- thinking thirty-eight years young. Yeah, I was thinking if I could break five at my age, I would be thrilled. Didn't you raise someone recently too? Well, one of your friends in a parking lot. Oh, that was a while. That was a long okay. while ago. That wasn't timed either, and we were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, but but the, and he 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 got you right. Yeah, or, he did. He, yeah. he was one of my track buddies from back in the day. We we were uh, you know reliving our glory days. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, we have to start with the news of the day, and that's that Josh's Vikings have apparently landed uh, Kirk Cousins. I don't know if it's so, quite done, but so your reaction, probably. your your reaction to that, sir. Well, I mean, it's like we've been saying the whole time. Like, it's what they had to do based on who else was available and based on their need to finally finally solidify somebody at that position for the first time in more than a decade. I don't know. Last time Dante, Cole, last time Dante Culpepper was their quarterback was the last time they had, like, a franchise quarterback. I mean, I guess that's what Kirk Cousin is. Now he's going to make $28 million a year. Is he really? But, you know, know. finally they have a guy that they can say, okay, this guy is our guy, and he's going to be our guy for three years. And I'm happy with that. It's only three years, too. I mean, it's not like 10 or or even five. Yeah. Where where you're locked in with huge money to this guy. So, so, I mean – they have to. It'll, it'll play out uh, next year, and, and and we'll get a good idea of whether it, yeah. it was a mistake or not. And then you're only on the hook for two more years after that. I mean, so. he's going to throw an interception in a playoff game, and they're going to lose. So, but that's fine. You know, at least they'll have a quarterback. Um, Sam Bradford to Arizona. That's what that's what the word is. Keenum to Denver. Yeah. Right? I mean, Jimmy Graham to the Packers. Uh, they cut Jordy Nelson. So, so lot lots is happening as we're recording this uh-huh. on a Tuesday, just as free agency is opened, and and lots. Uh, is happening as we speak, probably. So, so is that is it just going to be Teddy Bridgewater backing up Kirk Cousins? No, he's Teddy's probably going to get Teddy's eight to ten gonna, million somewhere. Really? He, he won't be in Minnesota. So, who's yeah. going to be the backup quarterback there? They have a kid named Kyle Sloter that they picked up from Denver last year. That they love. Who was like on their practice I squad? Thought he took my Popeyes order yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Who's that? And now I don't even remember what school he went to. It was some podunk little school, but they love this kid. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they bring somebody else into some other schlub to you know sit behind or carry the manning carry the clipboard for the 28 million dollar man the other team rumored in the kirk cousins sweepstakes sweepstakes was um collins jets that's right uh, now we've got nothing right teddy teddy and the jets i i heard heard bridgewater's name in connection with the jets i would Um, like that after seeing how excited you were for him before last season i i wouldn't mind that i think that's a nice if he's if he's back to himself he's Upside is huge. Yeah. The ceiling for him is huge, but I have high, big questions about that knee because of the nature of the injury. Yeah, and I don't know who he's going to so. throw it to, but you know. <laughs> right. Uh, people worry he's 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 not a huge quarterback. Is he going to be able to throw it in that wind uh, at, at the Meadowlands? But keep in mind, he played outdoors. <laughs> 
in the, in the frigid cold in, 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 in Minneapolis. And he doesn't throw uh, the ball uh, downfield uh, anyway. For one season. So. I mean, he's a, he's a short to mid-range thrower, and he throws he's a good thrower. For the, the true winner of the NFL offseason thus far, though, is the Cleveland Browns. You think? So far. I think so, Josh. Man, absolutely. Yeah. I really like what they've done. Well, I mean, adding Jarvis Landry for a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick over two drafts, I mean, that, that that's a steal, a, a, a big-time steal for a guy that led the NFL in receptions last year. That was, so. a, that was a pity trade. That's what it was. <laughs> well, well maybe, maybe. Hey, someone's got to help us out. So I don't. I want to know. I think the more interesting story coming away from all that is what the hell is going on in Buffalo? Because Tyrod Taylor is now in Cleveland. And Tyrod Taylor, when the coach decided that he was smarter than everybody else, we talked about this, and he decided to play Nathan Peterman or whatever his name was, whatever that guy, his last name was something. Peterman, Peter. that's right. Yeah, you got, you okay. got it, yeah. Um, we, he had five picks in about three minutes. <laughs> so who's going to be the quarterback in Buffalo? Well, and they're quickly <laughs> running out of options. So I now know. they're probably going to have to yeah, draft Yeah, but someone. are you noticing what they're doing, though, with these trades? They're trading. They're stockpiling draft picks. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, so they're going to make a run at trading into the top couple of picks in the draft mm-hmm. to draft one of those quarterbacks. Um, so um, so that, that's yeah. what the Bills have to be thinking right now is our quarterbacks coming in the draft. I'm interested to see how this plays out with with uh, with Cleveland. You know, how are they going to draft now? I mean, Tyrod Taylor is not, you know, a ten year stud. That, no, he's only know. under contract for one year. Yeah, so, so he, he's a bridge guy, right? right? right. I, I, I think he's a good bridge guy. I mean, he's a serviceable quarterback. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, he, he can move. I had him he, on one he, of my fantasy teams. He makes a lot of mistakes. Well, not not he doesn't turn <laughs> the ball. He's not a fantasy he, numbers guy, he, right? He, no, he's not. That's, right. He yeah. does. He makes mistakes, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Really, I mean, he he ha, he turns the ball over, but I think he has fourteen turnovers. I think I think his ratio over the last couple of seasons is fifty-one touchdowns, fourteen turnovers. So mm-hmm. so he's not a guy that gives the ball up uh, very often. But he's not a flashy guy. He's not a he's like Bridgewater. He's not going to chuck the ball down the field uh, uh, very often. Yeah. Um, some say he doesn't make mistakes because he's more, he's more of a uh, conservative quarterback, so he's not, he's not ma- taking wild chances uh, with, with, with his throws. So. You have to like who he has, though, to throw to now. Yeah. So he's got Landry. Yeah. He's got Josh Gordon. Which of the uh, Duke Johnson's still there, right? right. Great pass receiving running back. Yeah, is Crowell and, gone? And Crowell is he, will a free be agent. Gone. Yeah, he's a free agent. Okay, uh, but um, tight end wise, who do they uh, have? You yeah, like you uh, like their uh, tight end, David uh, Njoku, who they yeah. drafted out of the University of Miami last year. He was only twenty years old last so, year. I was going to say Kellen. Kellen, Kellen Winslow. <laughs> so I said to Greg the other day when all this was going down, I'm like, if you put the papers, put the pieces of paper next to each other right now and looked at the rosters, the Cleveland Browns have a better roster than the Baltimore Ravens do. Oh, okay. What do you think? I, I mean, uh, and, okay. And the Browns might add a receiver. They might bring Terrell yeah. Pryor back. Um, so, uh, so he was um, a hit in Washington, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I mean, he's a he's a big target who played well for him two years ago. He did. So, he um, did play well for him. So so they're going to add another receiver or two. Um, so. Yeah, uh, they're going to draft the running back. It probably won't be Saquon Barkley. I think they're going to uh, take a quarterback at number one, and then the running back class is so deep that I don't think the gap between Barkley and the guy they can get at the top of the second round is really is really all that much. So I really um, think, man, I really think they could take Barkley. You just don't. You're I not do sold too. on that at all. I, it's I, I the just, Browns. They, they just can't <laughs> mess around at quarterback anymore. I mean, they've messed around in recent years, and they've had so, the chance to take Wentz, and they've had the chance to take Watson. And they Makes and, sense. and they've passed on taking those quarterbacks. I I, I don't think they can afford to, so, uh, to to pass on their choice. At, at number one, they'll have their choice and they'll whiff. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. 
Yeah. Like this is the same team who held a parade for losing 16 games. Yeah, which I season. which I did not support. So, so I mean, it's like you know, I understand your logic, Greg, and all that makes perfect sense. But I don't know. I could still see them pulling a Cleveland Browns and either drafting Saquon Barkley or because they're like, now we got we got a quarterback. Yeah, we got good. a. He's pretty so, good, and he can run the he can do the read option. Man, you put him in the yeah. backfield with Saquon Barkley and do, yeah. do a read option. Oh, I mean, there's no doubt that Saquon. I'm a not, handful I'm, times I'm, a game. And this very promising coach, Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Right, yeah, he's, he's only combined one and twenty-seven. I one, think one and thirty-one. One and thirty-one. Yeah. Um, oh, there's no doubt Saquon Barkley would certainly help them. I mean, uh, and he'd be, he'd be a good pick, but uh, they just can't. They they just have to get their quarterback um, in, in place. Yeah. So, um, and they can't uh, pass on that position any any longer, really. So, I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. I got to say some more about this Cousins thing, though. Because I got, I, I just, I have, I see all these people online, they're just like, what, you know, people going crazy at the amount of money. People going crazy because he's Kirk Cousins and you don't think he's great. You have to look at this team and where they are. And you have to look, I keep saying it, the window is open and the window ain't going to be open for that much longer. That's why they had to do this. It's like why they had to trade for Sam Bradford a couple years ago. I am completely fine. I'm still completely fine with that trade. They gave up a one and a four for Sam Bradford. They had a team that had just won the division and was set everywhere, and basically the offensive line fell apart when Sam Bradford got there. This is like this to me is a no-brainer. You have to go after the best guy on the market because they're set at every position, except quarterback. Feasibly, every position except quarterback. And in the next two to three years. Okay, maybe they lose one key player. Maybe they lose Anthony Barr. Maybe they lose Stefan Diggs because they can't re-sign him. I would hate to see that of those two. Um, there's a couple of other guys that are going to be up for contracts. But you see all the time in the NFL, like look at what's going on with Seattle right now. Yeah. Three years ago, yeah. they were the bomb. They were you know, the cat's <laughs> meow in the NFL. Everybody loves Seattle mm-hmm. largely because of their defense and Russell Wilson. Now, three years later, that defense is completely being blown up. Blown up. Yeah. So the, the windows of opportunity in the NFL are very small, and we're seeing this time and time again with all these veteran players, star veteran players, that are getting cut mm-hmm. because, well, they're too old. We're going to bring somebody yeah. in who's younger and cheaper. Yeah. And the core of, core of these teams don't stay together for that long. Mm-hmm. The Vikings have all their key guys under contract for like another year or two, except for a couple of those guys like I mentioned. Like They had to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't care what kind of money it costs. And like I said, it's only three years. So if it doesn't work out, then you just start from scratch three years from now you're probably gonna have to start over anyway like because all the guys that you have all your key guys are going to be coming up at the end of their contracts and, stuff. and, and mm-hmm. the crux of the argument is this look what they did with case keenum last year yeah and look how far they advanced with case keenum and cousins is a better quarterback than, than case keenum so so they he's bought- more he's more consistent there is more of a body of work to look at you, keenum is not going to do that again uh, he's not it's it takes it took a lot you know, to get him to perform the way he did. He was insulated very, very well. I think I've said that a hundred times. So he's going to, you know, he, he's going to be a fine quarterback, but he's, is he going to take Denver to the AFC championship game? He had one of the most, he had one of the best moments in most recent Vikings lore though, um, with that catch. And, and then, he can and have the, a free drink in Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, anytime he the, wants. The whole skull thing, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was, that was a good it, visual. It, it, it yeah. was, it was, a, I watched, I watched that again recently. I, I can't get enough of that play, but you yeah. know, and I'll have a soft place in my heart for Case Keenum forever because of that play. But, um, just, they had, I'm sorry, they had to do this. I'm not. I'm I don't not, disagree. And, and, and again, with, like all these people are like, oh, you know, how can you? Well, first of all, I'm not on the team, so I, you know, it's not my money. You know, <laughs> I don't care. You know, they did what they had to do. You know, to try to yeah. get their team better. 
Yeah, this was the only option. I yeah. don't see really any other option for well, Minnesota. Exactly. Vikings. What was the other option? Bringing in Bridgewater yeah. and like hitching your wagon to him yeah. with a guy with a bum leg. You don't, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with him. Same thing with Bradford. Mm-hmm. You know, do you hitch it to Keenum? Who you, you have no idea if he can repeat that. Right. So and, and, and Sam Bradford keeps getting paid. I mean, he played one game for the Vikings last year, and it was maybe the best game of his entire career. And then he 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 went out with some what, what, what was he has it? like a degenerative knee problem so right. something okay. flared up it was like scar tissue inside of his surgically yeah, not, repaired non-contact knee. just randomly during the week all of a sudden sam bradford's out and now he's going to get 20 million dollars million uh, fr- wow. from the arizona cardinals why wouldn't case keenum get a better payday than sam bradford coming out of last year that's an excellent question i don't i don't understand that and, and if you remember bradford was like the last of the quarterbacks to really uh, before the rookie wage scale went into effect in the draft, That's Bradford right. was like one of the last number one overall pick quarterbacks to really get paid. He got like fifty million guaranteed yeah. on on his rookie contract. That does not happen anymore. So it's good to be so, Sam Bradford. Yeah, I saw I saw an unbelievable um, tweet today from Kevin Seifert, who covers the NFC North for ESPN.com. He said Teddy Bridgewater's catastrophic knee injury ended up costing the Minnesota Vikings $109 million in guaranteed money to quarterbacks, a first-round draft pick, and a fourth-round draft pick. <laughs> that's all the money they played, paid Bradford. That's the money they're going to pay Kirk Cousins, and that's what they – I mean, and that's the and those are the draft picks that they sent to, to Philadelphia for Bradford. So $109 million, what, two what, draft what, picks Bri- because Bridgewater's knee fell off. Would Bridgewater have – would he have played well enough to stay the quarterback there, though? I, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt? Yeah. Absolutely. He, he I was, I'm completely yeah. sold that he would be – Well, you just said that he's mid-level. got a bum knee. And, yeah, I think uh, he does. I mean, the guys that have injuries, catastrophic knee injuries like that, that tear all three of those ligaments and – So you don't think he'll ever be a valuable quarterback in the NFL? Vi- viable? Yeah. Yes, I think he will. I just don't think he's going to be what he was going to be, what he, what he would have been had he stayed healthy. Yeah. So, so uh, what, what are your Jets going to do? It. Uh, I mean, Brid- Bridgewater. You said you'd be happy. With I'd, that, I'd be so. really happy with Teddy Bridgewater. They they need to do something. Although I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if they really invest a lot in the draft this year. They want to have a good draft. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. You never really know, especially with the Jets. But I, I, they have been conspicuously quiet throughout this whole frenzy that we've been seeing over the last maybe week or so. Especially with teams like Buffalo being. Big movers, Cleveland being big, like these are sort of the the Bills are in the East. Um, Cleveland's in the AFC. They they're also toward the bottom of the league. I guess Buffalo isn't, but they're also toward the bottom of the league. The Jets are just staying put right now. So I'm interested to see how they end up drafting and who they're going to take. I don't know who they're going to take. Need need just about everybody. I was just going to say, and who is their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator? No, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it's a defensive coach with Todd Bowles. Yeah. So. And I like Todd um, Bowles. Yeah. I do. I don't think – I think he's going to have a short leash this year. I think it's – it's because uh, he was on the hot seat all last year, and then they ended up not tanking and not being as bad as everybody thought, which I think now it's getting around to the point where you say, did that really hurt them? I, I think know. Bridgewater would be a really nice fit there. He played for a defensive team in Minnesota mm-hmm. and was, you know, he's a he's a careful guy, <clears throat> careful mm-hmm. guy. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot and he was good in that role in Minnesota and I think that would probably be a similar role there because yeah. they really don't have anybody for him to no. you know, spread the ball to weapon-wise. But if he if he can r- remain healthy, 80%, yeah. 90% of of what we thought he could be or what you thought he could be. I mean, it could he could really He's change viable. things. Viable, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you guys see that Haloti Nata is going to the Eagles? So, Ooh, so, so, no, what? Uh, so, the, so the Eagles have added to an already good wow. defense. They've added Michael Bennett. And Haloti Nada to their uh, defensive line. Basically, he's so. going to back up Tim Jernigan. I mean, that's, too, that's uh, is that uh, what he's uh, going to uh, do, or is he going to uh, start uh, ups, uh, opposite him? Because uh, don't they have another defensive tackle that's really good? 
What's his name? Know. Uh yeah, it's uh it's um uh Walker uh, is it is it's Dar- Darwin Walker, right? Maybe that's yeah. who it is. I don't know. Um I was I was I was, I was I was trying to think of the think of the name too, but but their defensive line, which was already good, has uh, gotten better uh, just through trades and through, and through the signing of uh, Haloti Nada. So. The Eagles are such a curious case to me. I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but I was thinking at some point, and I don't know why this week, about the Nick Foles situation because I don't understand now. I, it seems like every day that passes, his stock goes down. Like he, you know, He was a Super Bowl MVP. Of course, they need a backup quarterback because Carson Wentz isn't going to be ready to start the season. But he was a Super Bowl MVP. You know, the the more the days go by, let's say he starts two and two, he's not going to be nearly as valuable as he was Man. literally the day after the Super Bowl. That's true. But you don't think – let's think about this for a minute. Say he starts the season as a placeholder for Carson Wentz. Wentz comes in, obviously gets his job back. Next year comes, and he's a free agent. You don't think the market for Nick Foles is going to be well? Seeing what happened with Kirk in- Cousins, incredible. yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I do think it will be with everything that happened with Kirk Cousins. At the same time, though, we see how sort of lauded and how propped up Kirk Cousins has become this year because he's sort of the best of what's out there. And if he ends up having a bad season in Minnesota, that could maybe hurt Nick Foles. Foles won't get anywhere close to twenty-eight million, but he can get like fourteen to sixteen million. See, but I Case Keenum just got eighteen million. You don't think Nick Foles, who won a Super Bowl, would get more than that? Yeah, is that what Keenum got? I didn't even see the number that he got. And Sam Bradford got twenty million. Yeah, Yeah, he's going to cash in. I think he's easily way above twenty million. Because I mean, Kirk Cousins too. I'm sorry, how many Super Bowl MVPs does Kirk Cousins have? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Nick Foles really ought to get as much or more than Kirk. Cousins is getting is I I mean unless if he really comes out and he plays horribly right. in relief of Carson Wentz this year yeah so uh, any any other thoughts on free agency before we before we move on Packers getting Jimmy Graham I know Josh you said you were mm, rooting for him yeah. to go, to, go, go <laughs> to the AFC I'm so. not happy to see that uh, having to face him twice a twice a year that guy is a handful and you said they got Packers got rid of Jordy Nelson uh, yeah I was just talking to Jeremy Arias about it he's a news reporter who's a Packers fan I. I wouldn't be surprised if they just brought him back on like a different contract or something. Maybe it's one of those deals because they love him. I know, but Aaron Rodgers loves him. So Drew Brees back in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. that was a breaking news thing today. Yeah, he fit, signed. Fit, like fit fifty million dollars yeah. over like two years, so he's making like twenty five million a year. Yeah. But he, he deserves and, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's uh, plus right. he's thirty nine. So he's, so he's, he's making like he's much more accomplished than Kirk Cousins, but will be making. I mean, he's he's older he's than older. Kirk Cousins. He's yeah. older. He's older. So Danny Amendola gone from New England. Oh, I, yes, I, he was released. I think he's already talking to somebody. Yeah, and Miami. He, Miami, and he Miami, won. Yeah. He won. You could argue he won the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl yeah. uh, and the Super Bowl for him. So Allen Robinson went to this, is going to Chicago, right. Right. and yep. so is uh, Burton, the backup tight end from Philadelphia. So they're adding some pieces for Trubisky. Right. And we haven't even talked about the 49ers getting Richard Sherman yeah. because yep. I I actually really liked his quote over the weekend. He's going there because he keeps a grudge or something. Yeah. It, he wanted to yeah. play the Seahawks twice a year. Yeah. So. Unless he said, like, you got these idiots you are, like, burning his jersey. And he's like, look, people, don't be mad at me. Be mad at the Seahawks. They're the ones who released me. Yeah. Right. Idiots. Did you, hear, did you read some of those stories? Though? Like, he – at one point, he, um, he was yelling at uh, Russell Wilson in practice – he was yelling at him, yelling, "Yo, you suck! You're the worst quarterback in the league!" Like, like really, really chewing him out. 
and like making it personal and all that stuff. And the article, or it might have been a tweet that I saw, was like, "Do you ever hear about those stories happening to Joe Montana or Tom Brady <laughs> or anything like that? Or like, you know, you in practice you had a defensive end, you know, just lighting into their yeah. star quarterback. And I guess Russell Wilson had no idea how to react to it. There and, aren't too many guys like Sherman and Dion yeah. and guys like that. And did you know? I think Xavier Rhodes is already talking smack to Kirk Cousins. He tweeted at him today, like, hey, Rhodes are closed in practice, too, or something like that. <laughs> did, so that happens, I guess. Um, did you – there was something else about um, – oh, that he's his own agent, yes. Richard Sherman. Yes, I did see that. And that's how yeah, his deal yeah, got done so quickly. Yeah. And, and Joe that's Thomas cool. crushed – of the Browns crushed him, saying he got a horrible deal with, really? with, with very little guaranteed money. And, huh. uh, I mean, it's incentive-based contract, which it probably should be, uh, yeah. given Richard Sherman's uh, – basically a 30-year-old cornerback. Who's um, coming off an Achilles. Uh, uh, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's coming off an injury. So two. Two Achilles. Um, uh, so so Joe Thomas crushed him saying it was a horrible deal. You, you, should, you, should, you didn't get enough money, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. So I think he um, want, I, He just wanted that badly to stay in division. I think you know it, maybe with this, and since he is that vengeful, it's not the money. He wants to. He wanted to stay. The Cardinals probably weren't going to take him. The Rams weren't going to take him. So he said, "I'll go to San Francisco." He's going to be head hunting those two times a year. Yeah. And before we get off this topic, I am reasonably confident that my Browns will win at least one game. Uh, well, what, okay. Well, that's great. Now, well, let's set an over under. Yeah. What's it? Where do you set it? Three. I was going to say three and a half. Four. I, I would say four games. Four so and a half. If the over under is three and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. I'd if say you said it at four and a half, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under, under? on four and a half. Okay, I'll take uh, the under w- w- with improved offensive weapons with 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 a with a top level running back with Tyrod Taylor with Josh Gordon with Jarvis Landry uh, another another good high uh, defensive draft pick or two. Also in a division that the Bengals are probably going to take that's a step true. back, and the Ravens looks like have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, the Pittsburgh's ahead. That case. could be kind of a weak division if you think about it, which is strange to say. Yeah, they do have Hall of Fame coach Hugh Jackson too. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, so this is Colin's time of year here. This is uh, March Madness. Uh, he's got the brackets going. He's got brackets on his wall already. He runs our our, our office, our completely legal office uh, tournament <laughs> uh, a pool uh, every year. I'd, so We should have had the microphone in my office before you got here, Greg, because Josh and I just went off on this for about 20 minutes, 20 good minutes, and it would have been great radio. Uh, but I know you wanted to talk about – the selection show, which is something Josh and I talked right. about. And as unfortunately, well. we're recording this on a Tuesday, and we won't get Colin's reaction to his Bonnies of St. Bonaventure playing UCLA. See, well, I'm in, happy in, about in, that in a playing game. I'm so. happy that we are, yeah, that that we're talking about it before the game actually, uh, before any of the games start, because I really, really, I am dying on a hill right now with the with the Bonaventure situation. The fact that they're in a playoff playing game this year is utter ridiculousness uh you know there's so many problems with the bracket if you go deep with it you know virginia who's supposedly the number one team in the nation has arguably the toughest road to get to the final yeah, they have four. arizona and kentucky yeah, yeah two a, conference champs two mm-hmm. conference champs in their half of the bracket yeah so i mean it's it's absolutely insane to me what happened i think davidson i do think this is davidson's fault because they weren't supposed to win the a10 tournament they did they knocked Notre Dame out, and I also think that for whatever reason, Davidson that, is in the same conference as Notre Dame. No, no, no. They since Notre Dame lost oh, the ACC tournament, that means so Notre, Notre, Dame. Notre Dame. The committee said was the last team knocked out of the tournament, uh, gotcha. and if, if Davidson had not won. Which was a surprise uh, winning winning right. the A10. Notre Dame would have been in. Okay, the there's been so much changing in conferences. Yeah. I have no no idea what team is right. in what conference anymore. 
Yeah, so anyway, I, I, I'm really, I'm really, really, really angry that they're part of the first four, and they play UCLA tonight. I think this these usually go up the same day, so by the time people hear it, this will probably be going on. Uh, I I thought that going into this tournament, they were a team that could get to the Sweet 16. I thought they could win two games, St. Bonaventure. Where where should they have been seeded, do you think? They're an 11. They're if they win, properly. they're an 11. Right, okay. That's the thing I don't get. Josh and I were talking about this, too. Maybe Greg has an idea yeah. as to why this happens. Can you explain this to me? So the, the, the eight teams, the four play-in games, two of those games are to be a 16 seed. The other two games are to be an 11 seed. Right. How yeah. does that make sense? Where did that come from? Uh, it, it, it makes sense because they don't want like four small no-name schools. And but that's, in, but that, in, that's so, the way it was, in, in, wasn't in the, it? When they that, first started doing well, these, when they just when they had an initial playing game. Okay. When, when, when it was one game. Well, I mean, the, the question you're basically asking is why did the tournament have to expand <laughs> to 68 teams? Well, that's yeah. Well, uh, here's my thing on this. This is what I was telling Josh though. Let's say they're in the South region. I don't know. I, I, it's not off the top of my head which region St. Bonaventure would be in they're in the east so okay if they win tonight they're the 11th seed in the east which means in theory they would be better than five other teams in the east right because 16 15 14 13 12 now can you explain to me then since they're the 11 and five teams are worse than them why they have to play an extra game it's a fair question it's done for the tv networks and the attendance in dayton they want they want some name attractions uh, in, in those first four games for TV, I mean, who, who's going to watch TV? Who, who's going to watch? God, who, who's going to watch like the four, the eight, te- the eight lowest rated teams play? Um, See, I uh, thought that was uh, fun. Play, I did play, too play, because yeah. th- those two, those are the two teams that are going to fight the hardest to get yeah. into. But, the but since it's been sixty-eight teams, bracket. and since they've had the first four, there's always been like a mid-level seed game. And or or a high mid level seed game and a sixteen seed game. I mean, they got UCLA on the on the undercard there, so that's, that's a pretty big saying. name. UCLA and, and, and Saint Bonaventure and and, and, and Syracuse and Syracuse, uh, and, and, Syracuse and, and, and Arizona State. State. Yeah. yeah. So 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 they want some name uh, teams in 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 Dayton for those first four games. That, that, they need that, some that, ratings that, on that, True TV. Right. That, that, uh, <laughs> right. That, that, exactly. Uh, that, that that's the reason. So it's a joke. Uh, it's it's disrespectful. You know, it, it's it's rigged. It's rigged so St. Bonaventure can't win this year. So you'd feel better if they were an 11 seed. <laughs> you'd feel better if they were an 11 seed in another region. Okay. Here's the other. Here are the two for sure 11 seeds. San Diego State. Who's up against Houston? Houston's pretty good this year, and then Loyola, Chicago against Miami. I guarantee you, St. Bonaventure could beat Miami. Yeah. I guarantee you. Okay. Miami's yeah. not a good team this year. They're they're just not. Right. So, no. Yeah. I, I thought there were several teams. I, I thought this was one of the worst years for the selection committee. I mean, in terms of seeding, in terms of teams that get that got in, in terms of teams that didn't get in. They they, cha- they changed the selection show, which which didn't need to be tinkered. Did, yeah, so did all, you watch so that? I I watched the selection show, and, and they started by reading off the team the automatic qualifiers. So team they, they started the sh- so the show began with the teams that already knew <laughs> that they were in the tournament. They, yeah. they, they they just ran down the list of teams that won their conference tournament. The NCAA is gutless, spineless. Pay the players. You don't know what you're doing. Get everybody blow out. it up. Blow it up. So um, <laughs> all that peaked. Everybody sorry. listening is like, no, mine did too. That was funny. Uh, so, so they started with, with uh, information that everyone already had, and then they went about reading all the automatic or all the at-large teams. Excuse me, all the at-large teams in alphabetical order. So, say, say you're a school on the bubble. Say you're and, Xavier. Yeah, right. 
uh, or, or say your um, uh, Ar- uh, Arizona State or whatever, a, a, a team on the bubble, um, and say they get past the A's, I mean, the suspense is already gone. If they get to the B's, you know you're either in or you're out, and you, don't, and you could either stop watching if, if the reason why you're watching is to find out if your team is in. So, so then they alphabetically went down all the at-large teams. And then they revealed the brackets. So all, all people want to see when they're watching that show is the brackets and the matchups. Uh, up until this year, that's what they did. They, they revealed the brackets, and it, and it kept the suspense for everyone. Are you in or are you out until, until the very end? So did you have to watch until the very end of the two hours to find out no, the, no. all the brackets? Uh, no, they had the brackets done within the first 45 okay. or 50 minutes. You so. know, just hearing you talk about that and thinking just, just, just came to me right now. If you've ever watched any selection show any year, I'm sure you have, Josh, at least once, you know that they reveal the brackets and the teams at the same as, as you just described the way it was. Here's the East region. Who's who? What's what? Yeah. Where are the, and, who's the matchups? Where are they playing? And I think if you notice that, because it's always live, the analysts, the so-called analysts who we'll talk about in a minute. The experts. The experts. They they are asked like right away. Oh look, the six and eleven Miami against these, and they're asked right away to For say, and stuff yeah, like that. and they don't they don't like they're completely taken aback by it most of the time. They don't have much to say. They don't have any good insight. I don't know that something like this would help. Maybe it didn't help, but at least they knew the teams that were going to be in. So maybe this has something to do with that. I I don't but know because it drama, is a television. Part of the show. Dr- yeah, it is. But part of the drama of the selection show is: is your team in or is your team out? I know and, they and, just and, want and, to give and, their analysts time to time to analyze. And you knew and you knew that within the first ten minutes, or even sooner, if if you, if your team was in the lower en- or in the, yeah. in, well, the in the first part of the alphabet. I got to so. tell you, I base all of my picks on what Clark Kellogg says. So. <laughs> I had, I need to know no, what he was, thinks about a correction. Ohio State you, versus Florida. You base State. all your picks or, on what Sarge. Or, sorry, Ohio State versus South Dakota State. <laughs> you base all your picks on what Sarge, your great Dane. Uh, yeah, well, not I, this year. Not this year. I'm gonna have to pick this because I'm off tomorrow, so I'm gonna have to pick yeah. this in the office tonight. So uh, here's the I'll thing: throw darts at it. That's I was what saying, I'll do. That's a good idea. I was saying this to Josh earlier too. All of these shows, and ESPN kicked off something yesterday: 25 straight hours marathon bracket programming where they were just going to on their different platforms instead of sports center at 6 p.m they started in on this which is so stupid and you know what everybody looks at this and they say let me just i'll go to the midwest region oh my goodness charleston a 13 seed there i'll tell you they could give auburn a run for their money and if they get past auburn oh they got clemson next there they match up so well with clemson i could see charleston going to the 16s this year and then at the end of the day when they're supposed to pick their brackets they're all chalk number one i have virginia i have north carolina you know it's always the same thing and it's so ridiculous to me i'm done with analytical especially when it comes to this thing because it's luck so you're saying it is it's you're, all so chance. you're saying they're being disingenuous then they're, yes. they're, they're talking up one thing but yes but, but not if you listen to them about. literally 69 out of the 68 teams have a chance what to I, win yeah what, yeah what i didn't know is something you told me moments before we came on here and that there was a 24 hour like ESPN that's what did, I was just saying. Yeah, I mean, do people actually like? Are you really going to watch that stuff and base your picks off of what these oh, people say? Oh, so many say? people do. So many people do. I can't. Yeah. Be, I just you know what's yeah. well. That's the th- that to me the only fun of picking brackets is to do it myself. Yeah, like <laughs> I know. I'm going to pick. Like I think I was I telling know. you. Like you said, Seton Hall was in against somebody. I'm like, well, I'm going to pick Seton Hall because there was a player on their team in 1992 that I liked. <laughs> like, it's not like that's how I'm going to make my picks. It's just going to be completely randomness. It has nothing to do with who's even playing. Yeah. 
you know who even who's on these teams. I don't know. I don't get. I don't get a chance because to watch a lot other, of college basketball. The other end of this too is like Jay Billis will go on, and the eight nine in the East is Virginia Tech and Alabama, and he's going to give me five minutes about why Virginia Tech is so much better than Alabama. And I'm going to turn on the Virginia Tech Alabama game, <laughs> yeah. and there's going to be a minute and a half left, and Virginia Tech's going to yep. be up twelve, and I'm going to be like, yep. I mean, if, and if you want to dive into the nuts and bolts of this, how did Oklahoma get in? They, oh, I know. They, I they, know. they didn't win a oh, Well, road. you know how they got yeah. in. Well, they have a, a great player. After losing right? to Oklahoma yes. State, who did not get in. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma twice. <laughs> they beat Kansas twice. They yes. beat West Virginia on the road, and they did not get in. And they also had one more win overall right. than Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma did, has not won a road game in 2018. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. That's a great stat. Right. And then, I mean, I, I, I've always been. I've always loved Syracuse basketball, and, and Syracuse should not be in the tournament. Syracuse this year. should not be right. In, no. um, and, and then you have teams like St. Mary's. It seemed like they can oh, never. They, they, they can never get in, despite having a, great records. They had every thirty-eight year. wins this year, some absurd number, <laughs> right. and they and didn't it, get in. And they had that recently too. That's yeah. happened to them before. Middle Tennessee State, which advanced to the Sweet Sixteen, mm-hmm. uh, and in recent times, they had, they had a great season and did not get in. I definitely so. think Vermont should have got in, right. even though they lost to UMBC. I, I mean, they so, were great so all year, and they. Um, who did they beat at the beginning? Notre Dame, I think, yeah. when they were the number one team in the country at the beginning of the year. I, there was somebody they beat who was the number one team in the country. I mean, uh, or no, almost Kentucky, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think it was a horrible year for for the seedings and a horrible year for the selection show. Yeah. I, they, they were getting yeah. killed on social media yeah, uh, for for the selection. So, I, so I'll be curious to see if they change it back. Oh, they're going uh, to. I think they're going to just, just go back to the brackets yeah. instead of doing what they did. So. Um, but it tell, Onions. Tell, uh, but you, <laughs> but you keep track of everyone's bracket here. So, I do. Uh, um, so just tell us how much how much sleep do you get during this time of year when, when you're updating everyone's brackets and, and how do you tabulate and keep track of all this stuff? Y- it's really interesting too that you bring that up because I was thinking last year, and I don't think this happens every year, but last year the first weekend of play was also on St. Patrick's Day because I traveled out of town and I took them all with me. Right, and so I'm supposed to be spending time with these other people, and I'm just doing brackets. And you, you send and you send off. emails, uh, and then uh, I send emails night, every day emails as well, uh, updating yes. the scoring. And it just so happens that same thing's happening this year as well. So this is going to be a drag. Well, well, <laughs> you, you, we need a we need a sponsorship. We need a sponsorship we need for, a sponsor, for this tool. Yeah. The, 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 to make make it more make your time more uh, worthwhile. Oh, we here. do have. We also we'd be remiss if we did not mention that we have a bracket challenge that the newspaper is actually. Um, running as well online. Okay. I don't have the information. Right. You can win a million dollars. No, no, no. It's like some some type of something. Or you a can, lifetime subscription to the FNP, <laughs> maybe. So You can win a special guest spot on just another <laughs> sports podcast. Come in and talk sports with us, people. Okay. There you go. I'm so, picking Purdue to win because they have a guy who looks like Ivan Drago on yeah, the team. That's why I'm picking that Purdue to win. huge. That that's that's my NCAA that's analysis. That's, and your NCAA preview was brought to you by Bob Miller. <laughs> By <laughs> our, our friend Bob Miller. Yes. Our friend Bob Miller. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's that's my analysis of it. Yeah, this is gonna be. I'm excited because it's so wide open, and there's no way anybody's gonna pick the, all the teams. It's I just saw something. I didn't even realize this until this year too. This is why you see all those absurd contests. If you pick every game right, you get a billion dollars. Uh, there's like one in eight quadrillion chance that you pick every single game right it's just insane and and josh and i were talking too before it's all luck don't puff your chest out i don't i don't care about your bracket yeah but and also don't sit here and tell me you're a college basketball expert because you get all these right 
every year it happens. I, I hate it. I hate this time of the year. It bothers me like no other. It's almost like, you know how much I hate hearing about people's fantasy football teams or what? I don't care about your fantasy football <laughs> you, you, team. You don't care? And I, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and this week, and Josh, exactly. I don't care. And I don't care that you picked whatever you picked in the first round. Like it's What I always say is congratulations, great pick, like lucky pick. Because yeah. it's it's I all mean, chance. I think the four number one seeds have made the final four one time in, in the history yeah. of the tournament. One yeah. one time, all four number ones have actually. There was a time through. not too long ago. I think three of the four made it. It was pretty pretty chalky. Um, but it's not it's not going to happen. I do think we're getting closer to a sixteen seed beating a one seed. That's what they say um, every year. Well, it, it, it will happen well, eventually. Who, let's so. see. So I, I I mean, if Virginia can't uh, Virginia can't score. So if UMBC just happens to put up 70 points, they're going to win <laughs> if they could somehow do that against Virginia's defense. Right. Uh, uh, North, Car- North Carolina Central or Texas Southern, I mean, I, Xavier, I guess Xavier's great, huh? I haven't seen a single game from Xavier this year, but everybody tells me they're great. They're, pr- they're pretty good. Does um, David West still play for them? Or? Yeah. I'll pick them because <laughs> David, I like David, David West. West. And then Penn. I'll take Penn over Kansas. You will? I'll do that. Sure. So I I don't know I um about the brackets though real quick too before we move on I got an email this afternoon from one Mr Andy Schatz who is over at our competitor the Hagerstown Herald Mail yes. and he was asking me uh, if we wanted to pit all of our brackets against their brackets. No, just they, they're just trying to beat there. us in something because we wipe the floor with them at MDDCs every year. Did you hear that? Shots fired. Did you hear that? Shots fired. Okay. All okay. Right. Well, we'll I'm saying that with a smile because I love it. <laughs> so, no, he's not. <laughs> so so let, let's move on to another subject that Josh really cares about, and that is let's, let's talk some golf, guys. Because oh, I'm going to take a break. Yeah, I don't I mean, care. It, this is it, Pandora's it, box. No, 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 it's not. We, we, it's we, have, a, we have a good, oh, we, have we, a good we have Medusa's a, box. We have, we have a special okay. Medusa's box. I don't know week, about so. it. No, so you do. I brought it up to you. you it uh, has to do with that. But, oh, um, okay. Yeah, that's right. Shortly, shortly before the, the brackets were revealed, Tiger Woods – um, had a putt that came up just short to, to go into a playoff at the Valspar Championship. Uh, was that? Was, I mean, I know Josh wasn't. <laughs> Josh in. doesn't care. Right. <laughs> I, not only did I not watch a single uh, hole of that golf tournament, I didn't watch any of the selection show. I was at a family gathering. I had four beers. I came home, watched sixty minutes, and fell asleep on the couch. So I literally didn't Sounds know like anything about. I knew nothing about the NCAA brackets uh, until I woke up on Monday and heard who were the top seeds or whatever and i still haven't looked at the bracket very closely I, you could just start yeah, filling start it, out now, it out now now that we yeah. we're talking about tiger i i was really i mean i was into it i i hate did, to did, say did you watch i was gonna I ask did, yeah, yeah i could pull i actually could pull that up online it it's one of those things where i don't know i'm sitting here thinking there's no he's not back it doesn't matter something's gonna go wrong and, and even you know even if even if he does win who cares it's just you know it's the, the frederick maryland open yeah like who know who, who knows what this is but man i'll tell you i kept looking at my phone and i kept looking at the leaderboard and i kept why, like why I don't do you know. care about tiger woods did, did you want him know. to win or? i did i yeah. did i want i think at this point i mean i'm rooting for tiger i remember you know when he was on his run 15 years ago i mean i was rooting for him then and even though he's apparently an awful human being i that's why i'm rooting against tiger i mean i have have rooting interest except it's rooting against him so so then we can fight about that then for the i mean i don't think he's gonna gonna fight with you about it we can um, fight i'll race you i'll race you in the parking lot we can do do five four or 
forty yard dashes. I I root for him. I don't know. I can't tell you why. I just do. I it's, can't. It's I just can't for the life of me understand. Look, I think there are some really fun stories in golf. I like the the, the young players and stuff that have come up these last few years and, and won some of these tournaments and started to make a name for themselves. I think they're big enough names to carry that sport. But yet, all you hear every time uh, Tiger is his name is mentioned is oh. It's good for the sport if Tiger wins and if Tiger is playing well. Why does that matter? Like, does golf? Do golfers need more fan support? Do they need more perks? Do they need more money? Do they need to spend more time in beautiful locales? And like, why is that so important that Tiger is playing well? Because it's good for it, the it, sport. It's good for the golf media. Is is it? That, that's who it's good. It's good for golf. Yeah, writers. I think you're right. Well, no, it's it, not it, just it, the media. The ratings were the best it, they've it, been it, in five years it, on it, Sunday. It, it, it's good for TV networks and it's good for golf writers because. But why does that matter? Like, why? Why are we rooting for golf? Like, well, why do you root for tennis? I don't. I don't, I don't necessarily root for the sport of tennis. Like, I just don't understand this movement. Like, oh, I, I've just got root for golf i just hope golf i have becomes more never popular. i've literally never heard that argument i'm rooting for golf i've never heard no that. but i've only same, but, heard but about tiger but it's just you know they say it, his success is good for the sport it, it is good in the same way that roger federer's success is good for tennis right it makes I more, guess, it makes it more appealing to watch if, if tigers in, in, it's, in, in, in and the it's hunt, the same thing so. you know talking about ti- like when i'm not federer, gonna watch it anyway yeah well when federer <laughs> is doing well especially at this point in his career he's so old i'm i, I tune in i'm like oh, well you I should wanna... because he's like a great person a great okay a great so that's what this goes back to and a then. winner tiger woods is a jerk <laughs> it goes he's back a bad person to a, a, a personality judgment is that why you were rooting against him uh, yeah tiger is a polarizing he's, figure he's you, a you, fake you either we're all fakes yeah. you either <laughs> like him a lot or you or you dislike him a lot and in either reason except for josh that causes you to b- become interested and in, in tune in you either want to see him win or you want to see him lose so i so, do kind of you know i would you know i would kind of root for him to lose if i was watching if i if i was forced to work on a sunday that i had that hit one of his tournaments like if he was playing in a major and wasn't in the hunt i would definitely root against him that's that's true so i'm in the minority here yeah, I'm in the minority. I think you're in the majority of fans. And this golf media seems to be like anxiously just ready to type, Tiger is back. Tiger <laughs> yeah. is well, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Tiger. Like, okay, say Tiger won that. That, that doesn't, if, even if he won on Sunday, that doesn't yeah. mean he's back. That like I said, he, he won. That, that means he won a tournament. Yeah, that was yeah. the Adventure Park Open in Newmarket, Maryland. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, like so, I mean, I mean, that, that people on the debate shows, they were saying, is Tiger back? It's like, even... I mean, where did it work? I mean, he's not back. Greg is like, did it? He's not back. He's not. So he's back. Yeah. Okay. So the Masters is what three weeks from now or something? Right. He won't. I don't think he'll do well. It's going to be disgusting how much coverage he's going to get at the Masters. I don't think he's going to do well. All right, we have a very special Medusa's box. So, oh. so let's open it. Sound effect, please. <laughs> We're gonna have Josh read a passage it's from the book. Story time. All right, from the so book uh, uh, Triumph, which is about. Uh, I've mentioned this book Olo- on the podcast. Uh, Olympian Jesse Owens, right? Uh, written by Jeremy Shap of ESPN. Love Jeremy Shap. Love okay, Dick so Shapp. this is a great book. Um, I'm, I was in the lunchroom last night finishing up this book. I'm near near the end of it, and Jeremy Shap throws in this tidbit that. Letter, literally put my jaw on the floor and had me laughing immediately and I had to share it with like everyone around me because this was so <laughs> flabbergasting that this may have occurred. So uh, this is near the end of the 1936 uh, track and field events 
at the Olympics. And uh, in Germany at the time, there was uh, a woman uh, whose name was Lenny Riefenstahl. I think I'm probably mispronouncing her name. But she was the docu- she was a filmmaker in Germany. She was a documentarian who was in charge of filming all of the events at the Olympics in 1936 for the film that would um, be the official film of the Olympics. So she was around the stadium constantly, and she was, uh, you know, seen by all the athletes and um, while she was doing her job. And she was, you know, uh, I guess putting her camera people in position and whatnot. So at the end of this book, there's a, there's a passage about a guy who wins the, um, the decathlon. He was an American. And let me see if I, I'm missing the page here. This is breaking news. Josh McCown signed a one-year deal with the Jets. Okay, that's good. <laughs> is that serious? Yeah. Yeah, so I could see them even adding Bridgewater on top of that. Yeah, Can't I could you? Too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, this guy named Glenn Morris won the decathlon. And you're, when – You're interrupting story time. Colin. I know. I'm yeah, sorry. Jeez, man. So he went, he went up to the podium for his, for his moment in the – of glory to uh, get his gold medal. And right after he was done, he ran over to the documentarian. And I'll pick it up at this graph. When Morris, a 24-year-old automobile salesman from Fort Collins, Colorado, left the podium, he walked straight up to the smartly dressed older woman who had been who he had been eyeing for for a week. And this is a quote. I held out my hand and congratulated him, Lenny Riefenstahl later wrote. But he grabbed me in his arms, tore off my blouse, and kissed my breasts right in the middle of the stadium in front of 100,000 spectators. A lunatic, I thought. Could you imagine what would happen today people's if cell, that happened? People's cell phones would be sparking. The I mean, internet it, would die. Like, literally, yeah. I, think, I think, like, the world might explode yeah, if that happened. I know. And then they dated. And apparently they got into a very short relationship mm. after that. But. <laughs> hey, man, if, if, if you're going to make a strong first move, uh, that, uh, uh, <laughs> that's bold. Uh, that's, that's quite that, bold. That, that's the way to do it. So If Usain Bolt did that. I, that's what I said last night. It, it, it would be. He'd be banned from Olympic but, competition. But I, don't think, I don't think we'd be able to hold our cell phones. It'd be yeah. like, yeah, they'd be like sparking. But this to me is it's astonishing that this even this occurred. This is 1936, less than 100 years ago. Skin was not to be seen like that. That's true. And this was in front of a stadium, and apparently. It was undoubtedly, and, ja- and Shap continues writing, it was undoubtedly the most dramatic moment of the games that Riefenstahl's cameramen failed to capture <laughs> and the beginning of a brief torrid affair. Apparently, they did they did see each other. But fortunately, it wasn't caught on camera. Could you imagine if there was still footage of that? That would still be, vi- it would still go viral yeah, if you posted that today. Maybe somebody caught it on their cell phone camera back Yeah, then. maybe. Maybe they've just been sitting on it all this time. But that's, this was like, this was a little little golden nugget <laughs> tucked away in this book. On that's like why one you of the read. Yeah, that's why you read the whole way through. Exactly. Yeah. yeah for, These are the kinds for, of things for, that for you, all those guys that are trying to drum up the courage to ask a girl out, man, you just have to you just have to go for it, I guess. And in today's and, uh, in today's <laughs> world of of the the Me Too movement and all this crazy stuff that we're hearing, imagine if something like that happened in front of the world. In the on the, in the Olympic I can't, Stadium, I can't. I mean, imagine. we talked about the how much the Janet Jackson uh, yeah. f- fiasco at the Super Bowl and how much flat. I mean, CBS was fined hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you didn't hardly uh, see anything. And you didn't even see anything with Janet Jackson. I mean, NBC, NBC <laughs> might be might might have to go out of business because the, they'd be the, like, the, let's the, take the, it back, uh, let's send it back to Bob Costas <laughs> in the studio. Uh, the, the fine would be so steep. I'm not even sure NBC could pay it. It's all so. on tape delay. There's no way they'd show that. Come so. on. Now. Well, maybe they could. Maybe they they'd blur it out because everything. Yeah, exactly. 
they would probably tease it like crazy and and then they they'd blur it out you know mm-hmm. on primetime tv but just i mean how, how easily offended people are these days i mean just imagine if something like that well to happened. be fair though i mean easily offended and something like this there's a large <laughs> no, gap I, 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 between I, I, that greg no. i don't know what type of first moves you make no but no. i don't think that's common right no it's we don't not think that's no common. but i but i mean it my, my point is people are so hair triggerish these days i mean they, they would their, their heads would spin off their bodies if, if, if they saw something like that no just so, in parents with young kids who would oh, be watching man. watching the olympics if this occurred at the time i mean it would be yeah i'm not saying the reaction wouldn't be justified i'm just saying like people if you blink at them incorrectly i mean they're offended and, and stuff and so i mean you just imagine their reaction if, if something like that were to happen so yeah um so <laughs> i mean that's why you read the book that's right. why you this read. is this yeah this was my um my spiel to you for why you should read books because yes. this was a n- little nugget tucked in the back of this one and it made the made the entire experience better right all right what are we what are we looking forward to i'm sure colin's looking forward to that wonderful playing game for his bonnies of saint bonaventure well, i was gonna say we we have brackets in here with us and we're probably what else are you gonna look forward to other than the march madness uh looking at the first round games is there one that sticks out to you the most one that you're looking forward to the most. That's a good question. So I think that's probably the better way to go. Well, I, and here's a question. Are Thursday and Friday of um, um, March Madness, these first-round games, they've gone back to calling them first-round games, which is what they are. Are, are they two of the best days in, in, in Yeah, all, in I think so. Yeah. I think it's the best time of the year in sports. It's great. Right. It's, it's Except for the annoying people who will be hanging around in our department all the time to watch the television <laughs> and want to talk yeah, to I me mean, with their it, brackets. Did you it's hear great. that, coworkers? <laughs> it, it, it's wall-to-wall college hoops from, like, noon until, like, Do you want to pick so, a game? Um, yeah, sure. Do you want to pick a game? I'm go- Obviously, I'm going with tonight, St. Bonaventure and UCLA in the first four. St. Bonaventure, Matt Mobley. Matt Mobley. Uh, set a record for the A10 tournament. I think it was Friday night for threes in a game. Well, we, we should point out that. Wow, uh, really? We yeah. should point out that Zach Thomas, uh, Frederick County native Zach Thomas, uh, the all-time leading scorer um, for Oakdale High School, is in the tournament again. Uh, his Bucknell Bison and the play, Patriot League Player of the Year. Right. His yeah. Bucknell Bison play Michigan State on on Friday. That's a so. bad draw because I thought Bucknell would get a win in this year's tournament. And yeah, Michigan State. Up, Michigan State's tough, and I th- that's in Detroit too. Ooh. I so. am going to go with um, where is it? Uh, it was a four thirteen game. Um, I'm going to say the entire. I'm just going to be. I'm looking forward to the entire catalog of games. But you're not. No, I am. You, I love. I do love the day. I love the day. I love the competition. Oh. I love this. I love the tournament. I just can't stand people talking about their brackets constantly. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go South Ohio State and uh, South Dakota uh, State. South, uh, yeah, a five-twelve matchup. So because South Dakota State's uh, South pretty, Dakota State's uh, going to win that game, uh, pretty good. So. Yeah, that that's my uh, upset. And all the brackets I fill out, South Dakota State's advancing. Right, and now uh, the tournament. Uh, one of the venues is Pittsburgh, and you and that's well, right. it was in Pittsburgh a few years ago, Colin, and I think you went. So, I did. Um, I did go. I uh, no plans to go this year. Or? No plans to go this year. Have um, you have you filled your bracket out yet? I Colin? haven't. Not not this you year. You have not, no. Greg. Have you? I, I have to do it still. Yeah. I I loved it. I would recommend anybody who can go to an NCAA Absolutely. session. Go, go, go. It's wall-to-wall basketball. It's terrific. It's, you, get, you get two games for, get, for, for, two, uh, for the price of one ticket. Yeah, so. and if you want, like I did um, that day, I had tickets for the first, first session. That got out. 
I went and grabbed something to eat at a bar and then looked on StubHub, saw the next session they had $20 tickets. I said, forget yeah. it. Just went right back and sat right. there for another two games. Yeah, so I, went, that, I went, went in addition to covering the mount when, they, when they've gone uh, uh, in, in recent years, I went uh, uh, two or three years ago when it was in D.C., Mm-hmm. Uh, went for went for an afternoon session. Uh, my dad's a pit grad. Pit was playing, so yeah. so we went and then grabbed the bike to eat after. It is it is a lot of fun. It's great. Uh, yeah, I covered uh, well. I covered I covered yeah. Maryland's run to the national title in '02, and I, and I was I was pretty much. I think you could probably say I was close to a college basketball expert back then. I was super into it. Were you on the CBS show? I was not on the CBS show, and my bracket did horribly. Big surprise. Josh probably, Kellogg. Yeah, it's like the, it was the most knowledge I ever had about college basketball one season. I did horrible in my and bracket. that's why you don't and care that's anymore. One of the reasons, literally, that's one of the reasons why I hate it. But anyway, I did I did follow them, obviously. I got to see all their games in the tournament and cover them. And that was one of the coolest days as I, I went down to – because they are they're, they're, they were a number one seed that year, and they played at the what was the, in the MCI, MCI Center or whatever in D.C. And yeah, I went down. Capital One Arena. I had my credential, man. I watched the whole day. That would I didn't have to pay. Yeah. And I did have to wait the entire day because the Terps played it. They tipped off at like 9 p.m. or something. Ah. They played Siena, I remember. Ah. Um, I, I saw so. Steph Curry play for Davidson. Uh, when, wow, that's when, cool. When, when the Mount uh, was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hmm. I had After they won the, the single play-in game in 2008, they went to Raleigh, and the first game of the day was Davidson versus Gonzaga, and mm. and and Steph Curry was not Steph Curry yet, but but that was the beginning of his coming out party. And uh, Davidson made the Elite Eight, I think, that year. They lost before they lost to Kansas. So. Yeah, I remember watching their game against Wisconsin that year. I was in yeah. Philadelphia. They yeah. beat, they beat uh, Gonzaga, then they beat I think they beat Georgetown in, in mm-hmm. the second round. And he didn't look anything different than how he looks right now. Yeah, he had shorter, a little more facial hair now. (laughs) He can actually grow facial hair, maybe. And he just had just a close cropped uh, haircut. He didn't. He didn't have uh, any any real hair to speak of. So um, so. it's great. Anybody, even if you remotely like basketball and you have an opportunity to do something like this, just do it. Just go do it. I remember. Yeah, the year that I. I saw those those uh, tournament games with the Terps. I got to see them play. I got twice that year. I got to see them play. Who was my favorite college basketball player back then? Karan Butler of UConn. I loved ah. that guy. Um, and he was a phenomenal player for for UConn for a couple of years, and then ended up having a nice career in the in the NBA. But and, and Joe Smith, uh, one of the heroes. Of, oh gosh, uh, yeah, it was news about him lately. Uh, right? Yeah, he's he's fallen into some hard financial times uh, mm. just through bad investments and. Uh, and just bad, bad decisions. Speaking so, of Joe yeah. Smith, he's really like I watched college basketball as a, as a as a kid, as a basketball fan growing up. But that's when I really got into college basketball. When that team, that Maryland team, made their run, I think to the Sweet Sixteen or something. And never he got was past a, the Sweet Sixteen. He was a freshman. Yeah. It was a you know the Keith Booth, Joe Smith, Johnny Rhodes, X Ray Hip, Dwayne Simpkins. Man, I loved that team. And I was you know I. I can't believe they didn't get farther than they did, and then Joe Smith was gone. You know, was, and then, you know, and then but, C. Francis came onto the scene, and they never they couldn't get past the Sweet Sixteen. Right. It, it wasn't until like uh, unheralded guys like Juan Dixon and Lonnie Baxter and Steve, Steve Blake, Blake. Uh, Terrence, yeah. uh, uh, Terrence, was, uh, Terrence was one of the first Final Four team the yeah, Terps had, and right. they won. Uh, Wilcox too, right? Chris Wilcox, Chris yeah. Wilcox. Yeah. Yep. who was who was a nothing uh, mm-hmm. prospect, like he wasn't a big, highly touted recruit. I mean, it was just vintage Gary Williams squeeze, yeah. squeezing the most out of out of the, the right. guys that he has so alright uh, I think I think we will leave it there this week enjoy all the March Madness so we look forward to talking about it next week Colin, yeah. Colin's got a busy weekend ahead of him yeah uh, we should go all one hour next week on March Madness because I know Josh is going to watch all of the games I will watch yeah mm. we, need, we, we need stuff uh, f- uh, 
put in the paper too. So that's true. Uh, Why yeah, are we I, covering UMBC? Go, go, Greg. Well, hey, I'll I'll leave right now. <laughs> so, hey, they're playing. Hey man, our boss is not at you know the, he's uh, out of town. Uh, so when the, they're, they're they're playing in Charlotte. So when the cat, I, cats so away, the mice will play. Isn't they're, they're, they're they're playing in Charlotte. So if I if I leave right now, I should get there in time. We so. know somebody who's actually going exactly. there. Correct, right, Kyle yeah, McFadden. Uh, Kyle, our friend Kyle McFadden will will be there covering uh, UMBC for who in their for his website. For his website. Mm. As they, as they likely lose to Virginia. You should so. probably also tease your uh, podcast, Yeah, uh, uh, this Thursday on, on The Final Score, we will be on Facebook Live, a live broadcast of The Final Score with uh, Kevin McCosey and uh, Cam Farrow, two state wrestling champions from uh, Frederick County. You get to uh, see uh, Greg's beautiful face. And yeah, exactly. Shiny uh, bald head. Right. Gary Williams, he'll be here too. Uh, he will not. <laughs> if you um, lie about your guests, people will watch. Okay? Wow, well, okay. You know, I, I hadn't thought about that. Okay, so uh, join us next idea. week on so. Just Another Sports Podcast. False advertising, Colin. All right, so 6 p.m. Thursday live broadcast on Facebook Live uh, of the Final Score Podcast. Until then, we will uh, see you next week, folks.